0: Hello, bonjour, and welcome to the Wild Astrology Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Alber, a counseling astrologer, life coach, holistic cycle educator, and yoga and meditation teacher based in Northern Ontario, Canada. Episode three airs on April 18th, 2022, and I'm providing the recorded version of the cosmic love letter that I wrote for Taurus season. So here I'm providing astro education on all things Taurus. So we're going to talk about the second sign of the Zodiac. I'm also going to highlight some astro transits for Taurus season and offer a few tips for helping you navigate the cycle of the universe. Before getting into the content for today's episode, I want to give a huge thank you to the members of the Astrology for Self-Care Club. Their investment in their self-care journey is actually allowing this work to be possible. So the Astrology for Self-Care Club is an online community membership for supporting your self-care journey and navigating the cycles of the universe. You receive a written letter to accompany this audio recording, so you can actually refer back to it time and time again, as well as more tips for helping you navigate the cycle of the universe. You also receive some new moon and full moon check-ins. We have a private community and we meet up once a month to talk talk all things astrology and to also integrate cosmic insight into our mind, bodies, and souls. So our next meetup is on April 28th. It's a Thursday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern time. We meet via Zoom. And our theme of embodiment is grounding and it's it's different this year because we actually have a lot of shifts happening we're entering eclipse season so we're also going to talk a little bit more on eclipses and lunar nodes and see how we can integrate that into our lives uh, mindfully again for our self care practices. You can join for as little as $45 a month. And if you're simply looking to support my work and you wanna see this content coming for free um, or to support the ongoing process of Man Creativity, you can offer a creator compensation donation for $5 per month. Otherwise, there's loads more ways that we can work together and connect. So look at the description box down below for more information. Now, without further ado, let's get into it. first of all, warm welcome to Taurus season. So this is the second zodiac sign within the astrology year. And this means that between April 20th, or actually April 19th to June 20th, that we are celebrating the birthday or the solar return of all those who are born under the influence of the sun in Taurus. So not only are we celebrating um, these birthdays, but we also get to work with the energy of Taurus within our life force energy and so I love working with the sun zodiac seasons for this reason because it gives us some sort of like framework for um navigating the cycles of the universe but also for studying different parts of human behavior so even though you might not have you know all 12 zodiac signs within um planets you are impacted by all of them in different ways and forms so for example I don't have any planets in Taurus in my chart but when the sun and other planets are traveling through the constellation of Taurus it is impacting a certain part of my chart and for in my case it's my third house and my IC or uh, the the cusp of the fourth house and at the same time, it's making all of these 180 degree aspects or oppositions to my planets in Scorpio. So to say that I am not impacted by Taurus would be totally inaccurate. So I'm kind of framing this, uh, the beginning of this podcast in this way, because I often get this question and people don't think that all 12 zodiac signs apply to them. And I'm going to say that as an astrologer, that's just not true. Um, We can learn from every single zodiac signs, uh, whether we have planets in that sign or not. And for multiple reasons, whether it's transits or progressions, um, you will get to work with every single sign within the span of your lifetime. So before we get into the transits for this season, I want to begin with a little bit of astro-education on all things Taurus. Uh, and get to know uh, the sign of the zodiac and how it impacts us. So keep in mind that every sign has an evolutionary goal, right? And it will use some sort of behavior or strategy or action principle to achieve this goal. And so Taurus's goal on an evolutionary scale is to reach a sense of peace, calm, simplicity, and self-sufficiency. So if you think back to like Aries season, which is all about the development of courage and to really assert ourselves into stressful situations, Taurus brings this like earthy quality to really calm things down. And so we can learn a little bit more about that goal by understanding the planetary ruler of Taurus, which is Venus. And Venus is the planet of pleasure, beauty, relationship, and it helps us connect to what we want and what we value. So if you're looking to understand, like, You know what you assign worth to look to your venus sign. It's also the planet of love and relationships but in the case of Taurus it's a little bit different because it's it's earthy so it's all about like the physical realm and our um our system of value and our material our material well-being and our relationships to money and and so forth. So breaking those down that planetary ruler and evolutionary goal we want to add a few more components to this to understand the different qualities that make Taurus, right? It's like, why is Taurus so chill and calm and peaceful? Why does it go after self-sufficiency? And well, the first thing that we want to keep in mind here is the fact that it's an, it's, ruled by the element of earth again it's the physical realm so we want to you know connect to all things that have to do with the material world and being grounded in our bodies it is the first earth sign of the zodiac wheel so it's something that is very basic uh in in that sense but not to say that it doesn't matter but it's i think of like uh, and the bare bones of taurus and the element of earth it's like really related to our basic survival needs it's also a fixed sign. So Taurus has this energy of like sting, power, of endurance, of perseverance, and this like quality of like undying determination to get something done. And in this case, it has to really do with like the qualities of like that evolutionary goal and the planetary ruler of Venus that we were talking about. And then if we were going to mirror this in terms of like life experiences, so in other words, the houses in the birth chart, we would look at the second house. And so this has to do with resources, money and self-esteem and what we um, like how we evaluate our self-worth. And something that I want to, you know, that I often come back to because as a Scorpio, I often think of Taurus energy to help me like balance out my intensity and my extreme tendencies is like bringing myself back to the here and now and that like slow and steady is the pace. So sometimes when I'm thinking specifically, okay, this like fixed earth quality, I can literally repeat the mantra, I am here and feeling how that you know, I can feel into my physical senses to remind me of that, right? So that is very much like a Taurian experience. And so we understand the qualities and like the personality traits of Taurus when we bring all of these things together. And that's how we draw that kind of interpretation. So some of the qualities that we might find in Taurus is like resourcefulness, being practical, hardworking, reliable, down to earth sensual, patient, and calm. And again, these are all ways that we can achieve the sense of peace, calm, simplicity, and self-sufficiency. But for you, depending on your Venus sign might be a little bit different. And so remember, every planet, every sign, every house has a spectrum of possible expression. So in the case of Taurus, some shadows that we might find are um, like materialism, being really stubborn, which is actually the case for all, all fixed signs. Resistance to change and, and quite simply said, like boredom, right? If we're always seeking the sense of like calm and stability, simplicity, we actually might bore ourselves to death. Um, so keep this in mind. Um, as we move through, um, you know, this Taurus season, we might really see these qualities uh, impact our lives in different ways, and specifically for like our life force energy and how like our focus on a day-to-day life is being impacted over the next 30 days or so. And so again, bringing this back to this quality of um, how each sign is complementary to one another in their sequence, um, and they have a purpose for like establishing energetic equilibrium. We've come from Aries, the first sign of the zodiac. And Aries is like that initial spark. It's the life force energy, like the first initiation and the willpower to get a fire started right so if you're literally thinking like we're going to start a fire Aries is that initial spark now Taurus sustains and builds this fire with patience work ethic and resources and like I love thinking about it this way because it's not just To like have a fire, it's actually, it works hard so that it can be warm and to relax and eat snacks and like enjoy the moment. So, think about that like when you're creating a fire, at first it's like a lot of work, but then you need to keep tending to it and you need to keep sustaining it so that you can enjoy it. So, the cosmic bull Taurus is an asset when it comes down to getting down to earth into our bodies and nature. And tuning into our senses to cultivate this sense of, like, peace and grounding in the present moment. Do I, you know, can we assume that every single person with, like, the sun in Taurus will necessarily be, like, grounded in the present moment? Maybe not. Because it might be in the shadows. Um, But, I I mean, like, in terms of, like, the intention that I'm presenting, especially in in, um, this current, like, embodiment theme is, like, How can we have practices to help us cultivate the sense of inner peace and grounding in the moment, even if we're going through change? And by being aware of the spectrum of expression, we can really choose with uh, self-awareness and mindfulness how we're going to actually act in the world when we are given this, um, this energy to work with. So again, like every earth sign is concerned with the physical material realm. And when it's fixed earth, like in the case of Taurus, we're looking at themes related to physical security and stability. That becomes really apparent. And as you listen on to this podcast, I'm going to be, I'm going to be talking about like the transits and how like eclipses are affecting this. And we have like Uranus, the planet of awakening and sudden changes happening in this realm. So I know for me, like this quality of like physical security and stability has become a really important theme in my life and has really directed some of the decisions I've made for my life path. Um, and I'm we're going to get to that in a little bit more detail as to why that might be. So again, like, if you think about the evolutionary level of Taurus, we're looking to to cultivate peace, calm, simplicity, and self-sufficiency. So in other words, the part of us that's touched by Taurus wants to be able to provide for ourselves and to know that we have everything we need to survive and be well. So just take, you know, think about like the world events right now and how like we have, you know, food supplies. I mean, where I am in the world, um, like it's so easily accessible, but how... Big the network is for that and how you know many of us can take that for granted and actually in a lot of parts of the world um that food supplies is challenging so it's like you know that like literal you know, like survival need like we need food we need housing we need that kind of stability to be well and so when we apply this to the second house it has to do with money, finances, resources, assets, our foundations and our self-worth and how we evaluate our self-esteem. So take a look in your chart, like where, if you have any planets in the second house, where, if you have any planets in Taurus, what your Venus sign is. And it could give you a little bit more or a lot of information about how these themes show up for you. And I love doing this and this is my favorite thing about like following the sun zodiac seasons because they reflect the rhythms of the earth and when we're talking about Taurus and Venus in an earth sign like or Venus as the ruler of Taurus it's like it makes so much sense because we talk it's it's literally about the earth and its resources and how much it can provide for us um and our sustenance um and I think like there's so much going on in you know, and has been going on about how we really need to live sustainably. And so we can learn a lot about this energy by simply observing like nature and our lifestyle trends during this earthly rhythm. So in the Northern Hemisphere, um, we often say this, the saying like April showers bring May flowers. And so soon we'll be gifted with magnificent spring flowers and blooms of life all around us. I know my partner and I, um, did a lot of walking this past weekend and we already, we're already seeing like the first, like spring flowers and it's, it's so beautiful. And that's the thing, like Taurus brings in this quality of like sensuality and, and like the beauty all around us and how this uh, makes us feel calm, right? And Venus is quite literally like how we seek beauty. And, um, yeah, just seeing the spring flowers was like so beautiful and i know for myself i get like really horrible allergies (laughs) this season and the thing is like there's cross-pollination that will occur on mass levels while animals mate and reproduce so again think about this like life like this like this like um life force energy in terms of like survival and like in taurus it's literally the survival of the body um And as humans, like many of us will be tending to our gardens to grow food and to bring beauty to our surroundings. Some of us will be getting practical and hands-on with DIY projects and opening windows to allow fresh air and floral scents into our homes. Uh, And I know for myself, this really invigorates the senses. And personally, I really love the recipe inspiration that comes with the shift in seasons, and how this, like, brings, you know, those sensual pleasures. And so these are all different examples of, like, Taurine and Venusian fertility and sensuality. Now getting on to, uh, the transits for this season. And so Taurus season is really ripe for radical change and transformation as our soul's evolutionary journey accelerates. So. Like I said, the sun enters the earth spirit of the Zodiac Taurus on April 19th at 10, 24 p.m. Eastern time. And so even though we have this quality of like calm, practicality, resourcefulness and like our calling to be grounded in the here and now, like as much as that will permeate our life force energy until May um, 20th, we're really invited to have this kind of karmic spin. So, you know, I'm saying Taurus season is for radical change. Like, that's not necessarily qualities that you would associate to Taurus. But Taurus season actually accompanies the first series of eclipses since the nodal shift in Taurus and Scorpio earlier this year. We're going to get to this in more detail. To make it even more exciting, we add Uranus, the planet of awakening and sudden change to the mix, as well as Saturn, the planet of structure and challenge, to this whole karmic karmic cauldron. So if you're listening to this, I'm assuming you're pretty open-minded, but when we talk about the lunar nodes, which are different points on the lunar axis, we imply that there is reincarnation. So if you're curious to learn more about your past lives and your soul's evolutionary direction, look to your north node and your south node. So when the nodes um, shift signs, so it's an 18-year cycle, that really impacts our individual and collective journeys on an evolutionary soul level. Okay, so there's a lot happening on this level for Taurus season. On top of that, Pluto, the planet of transformation, and Mercury, the planet of communication, will also turn retrograde. And then finally, Jupiter begins a new 12-year cycle as it enters Aries, the first sign of the zodiac. So we're going to break down these transits in more detail. And just to give an intention for the bigger picture that I have for these transits and Taurus season is... I, I offer you the intention of rooting in change. So let's talk about the transits in more detail. Right? So just a little reminder, there are so many transits happening all at once. And so for the purpose of this cosmic love letter, I've just carefully selected some of the most um, predominant transits that I'm, I'm seeing fit for Taurus season which is between April 19th and May 20th. So uh, my apologies at the beginning I had said June 20th. That's a mistake. (laughs) We'll be um, shifting sun uh, zodiac seasons by then. So again Taurus season is between April 19th and, and May 20th. Okay so as the movement of the sun moon and planets activate specific themes as they interact with your birth chart they can highlight different themes in your life experience. So as I go through some highlights for the transits this Taurus season, I really invite you to be curious about what comes up naturally for you. And some of these things might not necessarily make sense to you right now. I often feel that, you know, understanding transits can give us like a heads up about what's coming up, but they make much more sense in retrospect. So it might be helpful to Um, re-listen to this podcast after Taurus season, or if you like, you can join the Astrology for Self-Care Club and have a handy written copy. Um, But what I'm trying to say is that really trust your intuition because astrology transits really come to life with your own life experience. Okay, let's do this. The major highlight during Taurus season are the eclipses involving Uranus and Saturn. So like I said, the lunar nodes shift signs every 18 months or so. So in January, the south node entered Scorpio. So our past, our collective and individual past, is in the, the territory of emotional intense Scorpio. And the north node entered Taurus, which is much more about grounding in the here and now. So, before that, they were in Gemini and Sagittarius for 18 months, which was, you know, they're mutable signs. So, there's so much uh, emphasis on um, adaptability and flexibility, and emphasis also on like our beliefs and the words that we say. So, the fact that the nodes moved into fixed sign brings in this quality of like wanting to really get down into stability and security. Eclipses always have to do with the position of the lunar nodes with respect to the sun and the moon, as well as the earth. So we know that Taurus season and Scorpio season throughout the next year and a half will incorporate eclipses on the new moons and the full moons. So eclipses are often viewed as karmic events in which big changes occur. So they can be likened to faded occurrences and portals to new realities that accentuate our evolution. And so this really depends on your birth chart too. Like if you don't have any planets in fixed signs, like you might not necessarily feel like this huge change is happening for you. And change isn't necessarily like a huge, like a, a big situation that is transforming. It can also be very internal. And so I really want to emphasize the fact that each of us will have different experiences, especially on an individual level. However, collectively and individually, we're being asked to release scorpionic emotional passion and move towards Taurian physical stability, sensuality, grounding, and simplicity. And so sometimes we can think, okay, the south node, because it's the past, we really have to let it go. Like it doesn't serve us anymore. But I want to offer this analogy of like the the nodes as being this valve that we can like open and close and choose to tap into uh, as we please. So it's not necessarily like a linear um, process. It's bidirectional and we can really work with it in the way that we want. And so Think of this as being like the 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 valve from the past is opening to release this scorpionic energy, right? And we can use that to transmute with that Taurian physical stability. So this notable transit is really ripe for sexual healing and accessing wisdom from the depths of our bodies and our souls. With Uranus in the mix, we can anticipate sudden changes, awakenings, and revolutions. In the realm of economics, climate, food systems, and anything that involves the physical world. On a more personal level, Uranus invites us to liberate the truth of who we are and be our authentic selves, despite social pressures. Now, we also have Saturn in Aquarius in the equation here with the eclipses, as it makes a challenging square aspect to the nodes. So, So think of it like the nodes are opposing one another. 180 degrees, and then between one of them within a 90 degree angle on each side is Saturn. So we call that a T-square. So we're we're being asked to integrate this dynamic between Taurus and Scorpio into our systems, structures, and institutions for the progression of the human family. And if I'm thinking like on a personal level, I really think of Saturn as this quality of like self-responsibility, of maturing, of bringing in this sense of like you know, sust- sustainability for the long run. So really thinking about the structures and the systems that we have in our lives to help us um, really integrate that Taurus-Scorpio axis in um, in a way that's that's mindful. So like I said, people with planets in the fixed signs, Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, and Aquarius will feel this really deeply. So throughout the month of um, April and May, so Taurus season, we're going to have two eclipses. So one on the new moon, And one on the full moon. And so this is something that I'm going to be checking in with with the members of the Astrology for Self Care Club in more detail. This is actually the theme of our talk in our meetup. Now on April 29th, Pluto turns retrograde at 20 degrees of Capricorn. So whenever a planet turns retrograde, its functions slow down and turn inwards. Pluto, the planet of the underworld, goes retrograde almost every year. And because it's a slow moving planet, it spends several months in retrograde motion. So this means it has a stronger impact over time. We might not necessarily feel it right away, but by the end of its transit in October 22, 2022, we'll have a better understanding of how it's affected us. So with Pluto retrograde, we are being asked to revisit and reevaluate our shadows and hidden drives related to authority. Both inner and outer, our responsibility, maturity, ambition, work, and power, so we can transform on a soul level. So, to know how it's activating your chart, locate where Capricorn is, especially between 26 and 28 degrees, give or take like a few degrees on each side, AKA an orb, as well as the other cardinal signs. So, Aries, Cancer, Libra. And if you want to know how this affects you on a personal level, if you're like saying like, Alex, this lingo, like it doesn't make sense, know that you can book an astrology reading with me and I can um, give you an interpretation as to how this might be impacting you personally. Now moving on, we have April twenty April 30th, uh, the new moon partial solar eclipse at 10 degrees of Taurus. So this is happening at 4.20 a.m., And it's making a conjunction to Uranus, the planet of of awakening in sudden change. So to give you a little bit more detail about this, the sun and the moon align in the same position in the sky to initiate the new moon. This happens every single month. But this is no ordinary new moon because it also aligns with the north node in Taurus, which means that the dark moon will partially eclipse or cover the sun. So this this eclipse isn't visible in uh, the Northern Hemisphere, but it doesn't mean that we're not going to feel it. So because this conjoins Uranus, the planet of liberation, we can be anticipated to be catapulted in radically new situations, depending on how it activates our chart. So think again, we are moving in the direction of Torian territory. And so think about like the land, the earth, our bodies, stability, structure, money, food, and like basic survival. And when I was writing this Cosmic Love Letter, I was getting these images of like indigenous people and how they really come to mind with this transit. And I'm speaking from the perspective as a white woman. And I know from learning from indigenous people They are often on the front lines of political change and activism for protecting the earth and our resources, and they have been. So quite like their bodies are quite literally and very frequently the boundaries between land and its sovereignty and its devastation by consumer companies who abuse it for profit. So think about I just we just talked about Pluto, you know, our relationship with authority And how, like, this um, Saturn, our structures, our systems, and now um, Uranus, which is really, you know, focused on this sense of progression and being, like, really humanitarian. So on a mundane world level in terms of astrology, we may also hear shocking news related to economics and climate. And we might even see natural disasters. And this isn't to scare anyone, but because... Uranus is the planet of like, it's literally uh, associated to a lightning bolt. And when it gets activated by these transits, it's like extra emphasized. So with all that being said, I, you know, I hope that we will see advances in technology, science and humanitarian efforts to support our vision for a new earth. If you are interested in learning more about like, sacred economics, I highly recommend that you connect with astrologer Um, Georgia Takix. She has a beautiful vision for how we can progress as a humanity in terms of economics. Uh, She's featured on a podcast, actually it's the Energetic Principles podcast with uh, Melissa Lafera and another um, panel of brilliant women astrologers. If you're interested in learning more about the Taurus-Scorpio lunar uh, nodal axis and these eclipses, they go into a beautiful conversation that expands on this topic in more level. I highly recommend it. So if you have any planets near 10 degrees of the fixed signs, they will be activated by your transit or by this transit. For example, I have my sun at nine degrees of Scorpio in the ninth house of higher education, This new moon, which is in conjunction, fused with Uranus, is directly opposite my sun in the third house of communication and learning. Two days after the full moon, in, oh no, two days after this new moon, I start school. I start my master's degree. So for me, it's going to be like, it's literally catapulting me in a huge, like a huge change in my life. And so you know, I'm seeing this coming, but how can you, how can this not be relevant to what I'm going to be experiencing? So I'm curious to hear like, like how this will impact you. And, you know, from an astrologer perspective, we can see these changes happening and how they're actually impacting with your chart. Now moving on, on May 10th, Mercury turns retrograde at four degrees of Gemini. And this is the second of four Mercury retrogrades this year all of which would be in air sign. So Mercury usually turns retrograde three or four times a year, so this is pretty common. And because Mercury is ruled by Gemini, this is especially potent territory, like it can work its magic on an extra level when it's in its home sign of Gemini. So until June 3rd, be mindful of the slower pace of the mind and information exchanges, and also pay attention to your thought and communication patterns right? So Mercury retrograde is a really great time for, you know, really rewiring our minds. So try your best to work with this energy because it's an opportunity to review and reevaluate on this level and perhaps even change the story you tell yourself. I even want to say, like, perhaps even change the story of, like, how you, like, perceive the world. Like, what do you usually tell people about, like, your view in the world? And... Also like Gemini is often the communicator but we also want to think about like our listening skills. So things to consider as a tip for navigating that this cycle of the universe. Now also consider backing up your tech files and double checking to make sure you save them. Um, Mercury also rules technology, again, anything that involves, in, uh, exchange of information. So when things slow down, if we're trying to go at the same pace, we will probably get frustrated. <laughs> so for more general information on Mercury retrograde, I even, uh, created a video on YouTube. It's called, What is Mercury Retrograde? Check it out if you're curious. Okay. Now on May 10th, so this is the same day that Mercury turns retrograde. The Jupiter cycle um, is 12 years, right? And on May 10th, Jupiter enters Aries. So this is really significant because we're beginning a whole new Jupiter cycle. Um, So it's, you know, every sign spends one year in each sign. And now here with Jupiter entering Aries, the planet of expansion, abundance, and luck enters the pioneer of the Zodiac. So if you look back to or think back to episode one, which was the cosmic love letter for Aries season and this like spark of energy of like, you know, penetrating the world and claiming yourself in the world, it's like we're going to be feeling an expansion on that level. So the part of your chart that contains Aries is really ripe for opportunity and growth in terms of courage, direction and action. So again, for me, like Aries is in my third house, so I'm going to be experiencing this big um, expansion in territory in the this, in this sector of learning um, and gathering of information. And it's just, you know, for me, it's like, wow, it's so coincidental because I'm actually going to be in school. <laughs> so consider for yourself, like wherever Aries is in your chart, like consider what you want to bring forth in this area and see what you can do to align with that frequency. Now, finally, on May 16th, We have the full moon total lunar eclipse at 25 degrees of Scorpio. So this eclipse will be visible in the northern hemisphere. So um, you can even do a quick search on uh, Google. You'll find information at the time and where you can view it. And I want to give you a little reminder here that we know it's an eclipse when the sun and the moon are close to lunar to the lunar nodes. So if you have a software that allows you to see like a chart and you know the symbols that, um, you know, represent the south node and the north node, if you look on May 16th, you'll see that the sun and the moon will be really close to it. All right. So in this case, the lunar nodes, they symbolize our individual and collective path. That's specifically the south node. And the north node represents our evolutionary direction. So when it's a total lunar eclipse, the position of celestial bodies makes it so that the earth casts a shadow over the moon. So this is where we get a lunar eclipse. This one is sometimes called the blood moon because you'll see, like it'll be visible, that like the moon turns red so, uh, I know I'll be making sure that I'll, um, be checking in the window of time where it's visible. It's actually happening like it's exact at 12:14 AM Eastern time. And so on a more like meaningful level, if we're going to bring it down to astrology here, this full moon, total lunar eclipse in Scorpio has the potential to be extremely transformative, powerful, healing, and emotional as it invites us to befriend our shadows and compost our emotional attachments to everything that has to do with the other and how the other helps us gain power or lose power in that kind of dynamic of exchange. So I often think of Scorpio as being like our instinctive hidden drives. And on like in its ideal, like at its best, like Scorpio is like aware of those drives and like what its intuitive messages are. So are we acting upon like instincts that are based on fear and like being able to protect ourselves or are we really acting upon our deep intuition and sometimes our intuition is something that's like going to maybe destroy our current life experience or our current current circumstances but it's like Trusting that and knowing that on the other side of being really honest with yourself is a rebirth that's more aligned with your truth. And so if you think about that with respect to like Taurus energy, which is like all about like physical stability, um, <laughs> like when we're going through like scorpionic transformation, like we still want to make sure that our like our basic needs are being met because it can really bring a sense of grounding and our physical bodies really need that when we're going through you know, deep, deep healing. On the other hand, like, there's more than meets the eye. We also need to think about, like, the metaphysical and the emotional realms. And that's when Scorpio comes in. So this total lunar eclipse can illuminate our relationships with sex, intimacy, death, change, and other people's money and resources. So if you think, like, Taurus is more about, like, self-sufficiency, making sure you can provide yourself, you know, with what you need, Scorpio is about, like, our attachments, to other, other people's things, right? So it's time to get vulnerable, transparent, and honest about how you feel and really to understand your true value, right? So what you instinctively do to protect yourself and gain power may also be highlighted in this transit. But ultimately, I believe that this reminds us of our innate resiliency. You know, we can really dig into, like, deep into our inner resources to get through anything, like, think about it. I know a lot of people that I work with have been through a lot. Um, you know, just even being born in this world is one of the most traumatic experiences that we can have. But, you know, we have survived up to this point, haven't we? Right. And many of us have been through really challenging situations, but we have gained strength and wisdom from those experiences. So we can apply, we can apply those as inner resources of, um, you know, resiliency with anything that life throws us, like, within, in our way. So again, like, those themes of, like, digging deep within yourself, into the wisdom of your body, and um, really thinking about your core values, because they will guide you, especially through these transits. So with all things considered, I offer the intention of rooting and change this Taurus season. When we're really thinking about the dynamic between Scorpio, especially as the south node, and Taurus as the north node, we're turning pain into beauty. So think of the lotus that has roots and grows in the mud between, beneath the murky water. That's Scorpio. And then it, you know, goes through all of that, even if it's like scary and uh, dark. And then it goes towards the light and blooms with beautiful petals, right? So what began to something that was maybe murky, murky and dark, actually turns into something stunning. So. Keep that analogy with you throughout Taurus season and remember the wisdom of your body. It's a really important asset here and how our body is a reflection of the earth and how we need to take care of our bodies um, for sustainability. And this applies to the earth as well. So with that being said, I will leave you with this one tip for navigating the cycle of the universe and I will save the rest for uh, my community and the Astrology for Self Care Club. So here it is, it's really simple. (laughs) My tip is to prioritize nourishment. So consider how you nourish yourself and feed yourself like mind, body and soul and reflect upon like what you need to feel safe within yourself your relationships in the world, like what br- brings the sense of safety and grounding. And even taking it further than just an intellectual level, like, how does it feel within your senses when you, you know, get to this place of nourishment and safety? Like How do you know that you're in this place, this zone of nourishment? Okay, beautiful. I hope you enjoyed this Cosmic Love Letter for Taurus season 2022. I'm really excited to um, hear what you have to say and let me know how this letter resonated with you, even if it's in retrospect. And I'm also curious to hear if you have any requests for further or for future episodes. You know, I will be coming out each month with a Cosmic love, Love Letter following the Sun Zodiac seasons, but I have so much that I want to talk about. So having your perspective on things or your feedback is something that I would really value so that it can be a co-creative experience. And if you love this episode, please leave us a five-star review and be sure to share this episode with people you love. And with that being said, remember to take good care.